CBS Monday. NCIS! Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, they got here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii, Monday, starting at 9, 8 central, on CBS, and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special good old podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7, and we have a special guest here, Brandon Marcello, a national college football writer for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And it's going to be a busy couple of months for you. Uh, we were talking just before we, we got on air that this is kind of like the coaching search on steroids with all the conference realignment. What is the biggest thing that you've been hearing right now when it comes to conference expansions, realignment? What is the big thing? I think a lot of people are kind of sitting there thinking, hey, let's wait and see what Notre Dame's going to do. But the thing is, is... Notre Dame doesn't really feel like it has to do anything and it's not in a rush to do anything as far as whether they should join a conference or uh, show interest in joining a conference. And whether that's the Big Ten or ACC, I think is really not necessarily the issue here. The issue is, does Notre Dame even feel the need to join one? One, it's got to be financially beneficial, of course. But but secondly, it's got to be competitively beneficial for them. And I do think that things could become clearer with that, but not as quickly as everybody thinks. I, I think by like next summer, <laughs> maybe this seems more clear for Notre Dame. But again, um, we're in the we're kind of putting our ears down to the ground, and we're listening from rumblings, not necessarily from conference offices, but from from programs, from board of regents, from board board uh, board members. Uh, school presidents, because that's where this all starts. It's never really the conferences themselves reaching out to schools uh, when it comes to realignment or an expansion. It's usually the schools. I mean, OU in Texas, for example, that all started with them. And then they went to the SEC, of course. It didn't start with the SEC. USC, UCLA, same exact thing. But again, there's always those informal back-channel discussions that happen like, you know, think of it like back in high school when, when someone's like passing notes around to people going, hey, do you like my friend? Well, they like you. And then <laughs> finally they strike up a conversation, you know, a week later uh, in person. So, yeah, that's kind of how this is. It's almost like uh, like high school note exchanges. Um, and but again, uh, how quickly things will, will start going. I think everybody keeps saying that Notre Dame is the one everybody's waiting on. Well, if that's the case, you're going to be waiting quite some time, at least probably another year. And the reason why I say that, just to be real quick with that, college football playoff, of course, hasn't been settled as far as what the format's going to look like. But the previous format that was up for a vote would have locked Notre Dame out of a first-round bye, even if it was a number one seed, because it's not a member of a conference. Now, if that remains the case, and the other conferences continue to push that, to kind of pressure Notre Dame maybe into, well, see, now you should join a conference. That's not going to be the ultimate thing that pushes them over, but it could be a factor. Um, and Mark Keenum, the chairman of the uh, college football playoff board that's getting this all together, told me that they hope to have a format in place and approved uh, by next May, if not before, which 
sounds like a far way away, but now it's 10 months away. It's, it's, it's short time in, in the college landscape. But the, the eyes really should be on those four Pac-12 South teams because those are the programs that are going to be potentially on the move before anybody else. And once that starts happening, that's when you'll see more dominoes fall. And there has been some very, very informal discussions in the back channels among those schools with the Big 12 uh, as far as what the the possibilities could look like there. But the Pac-12 has asked those schools to stand pat, let us kind of work through things and what we're trying to do. Everybody's seen the reports of how the Pac-12 is trying to do some type of relationship with the ACC where they would share some game inventory, create some new tournaments and all this and other sports um, and have a postseason championship in football. But that's all very, you know, you hear the term loose relationship. This is very loose as far as planning. Gentleman handshake, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I looked him in the eye and we had a gentleman say, I trust these guys. And then it's broken up (laughs) that, that alliance. So rest in peace, the alliance. Um, but again, nothing's on paper. Nothing's really fully explained or fleshed out with that. And, uh, as one ACC, I know I'm going everywhere, but it was one ACC administrator told me this morning, uh, it's, it's a less than beneficial idea for the ACC and they don't see how that ever really gets off the ground. So the PAC 12 has asked those four schools to kind of remain pat stand pat let us work this out see what we can do and then present it to you but it doesn't seem like any of this is really going to work on the pac-12s end which is just only going to expedite at some point those four pac-12 south schools to go all right now we are going to look at going to the big 12 potentially and exploring what that might look like so i think those are the next dominoes if they do fall that will fall not not notre dame and, you know, you kind of already brushed on the ACC and, you know, through talking to our sources, we have heard that some programs are just going through the back channel, like you said, passing notes to kind of see how, how things are going. And we have heard Virginia's name among some of this conversation about kind of just seeing the interest among other conferences. When you look at the ACC and where things stand right now, do you feel like there's a sense of urgency, too, on the ACC side? I know there's that grant you know, of rights that's holding them back a little bit till 2036. But do you feel like there's a sense of urgency when you talk to these ACC officials? I don't necessarily feel that from some of the administrators as far as like, we've got to do something and what's that look like. Now I do think that they need to get their ducks in a row and start figuring that out and discussing what the future looks like and what they see things over the next five to 10 years, because I mean, goodness gracious, you can't sit back with that TV deal, which is beneficial to ESPN and no one else for the next 14 years and think that the ACC is going to be okay competitively financially, and then also potentially on the field as a result over these next 14, 15 years, they got to figure something out to rework that. And how do you do that? Is it expansion? Is it uh, maybe doing this type of partnership with the PAC 12? and opening up some type of negotiating window with that because you're changing the inventory. There's a lot of uh, possibilities here that, again, are so loose and not even on paper that it's just being discussed. And remember, we're, we're just over a week removed from only UCLA. Been a week. Yeah, from <laughs> UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten. So the idea that anything could be really on paper and really fully fleshed out 
is kind of crazy, even though we feel like it should be. Um, but if I was the ACC and I was Jim Phillips, I'd be going around trying to feel what the confidence level is among the membership. And then also I'd be very direct with Florida state, Clemson, Miami and others just like, are you guys looking to get out? And if so, what, what's going to stop you if you try, if you're trying to, and the other issue is, is that would the sec be interested in some of these schools if they were to reach out? And again, a lot of this stuff gets gets stopped before it ever sees a light of day because, again, it goes through these in a, unofficial, informal back channels where so-and-so knows a buddy in the SEC office floated to them that we're thinking about you know, partnering up with this school and presenting ourselves to the SEC. And the SEC might be like, it just doesn't fit our plans. And then that n- it never gets started, uh, even through an official discussion. But... Um, yeah, because you mentioned I, something. They have to partner with a school. They can't just say we're yeah. interested. They have to kind of get a partner to come in. That's the best way to go about it. Um, unless you're, say, a, a just absolute no-brainer addition. Because, listen, they got to keep even numbers, um, usually, uh, in these conferences. And so the SEC, that's kind of how they like to do things. You're going to have to add two schools. Or you're going to have to add a school and then try to figure out another school to add later. And there's not many schools out there that conferences would say, all right, we'll add you and then we'll worry about the rest later. And I think one of those schools is Notre Dame. But um, and I hate I hate saying this about some schools, but like if you're compared Notre Dame to the other ACC schools, that's like having two ACC schools join. That's like having two Clemsons join, for example, mm-hmm. uh, the SEC. And the Clemson, yes, football is doing very well. But it's not a market one, a fan base two, and third, an overall program, football, basketball, baseball, women's sports, bas- women's basketball, softball, that is going to, you know, ha- have such a groundswell of support that it just absolutely uh, makes the SEC uh, that much more you know, uh, powerful. They, they need a dance partner. They need someone to kind of partner with to present themselves. And then of course, the other issue that really complicates all this is that grant of rights. Can you get out of the grant of rights with the ACC that runs through, two, th- through 2036 without forfeiting your TV rights? But again, you know, as we were discussing before we came on here about, you know, ESPN's behind everything with all this and they, they're the one who has the partnership with the ACC network and they would end up being involved in any litigation or negotiations with those grant of rights. And the ESPN has a, a you know, exclusive relationship with the SEC. The SEC right. doesn't going to, is, is not going to have any other broadcast partners here starting in the next couple of years other than the ESPN. So this could all be worked out. I think that the idea that the grant of rights would, stand in the way it would only stand in the way if it's not beneficial for ESPN. Um, not necessarily is this going to hurt the ACC or is it going to hurt at the SEC or vice versa? It's ESPN. You ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. 
This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. And honestly, that's that's you know one of the things that you know I've heard discussed is you know if a certain ACC school is interested in SEC, it's it's an easier path if you put in the part where ESPN controls both SEC and ACC network. So it's a lot easier path to kind of negotiate that way out of the GOR. So I, I can see that and. You know, specifically, you know, obviously we cover Virginia. You know, we've heard a lot of conversations about Virginia being active. They, they're not waiting on this. You know, they're trying to see what's next for the program. And you mentioned this with UVA. There's a lot of people mentioning, well, why would any conference want UVA football? They haven't been significant in the national scene. But then you have a basketball program that just won a national championship. You have a swimming program that just won a national championship. A Tennessee program won a national championship. So do you feel like UVA, when you present it to a conference, you go, we have, you, there's this program that has a lot of um, winning programs, not just football and basketball. You have a lot of winning programs. And then the academic side. Uh, one source tells me that SEC is trying to raise their academic standards by adding to schools like this, if possible. So do you see that's how UVA would market themselves? Because at the end of the day, you are marketing your team right now to several different conferences. Yeah, you need to throw everything you can, especially when it comes to that. But also your 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 market. I know a lot of people say that the idea that we've gone past the the day and age of we're saying TV markets like the the DC television market or the New York television market or the Birmingham television market, which is huge and just gobbling up football content. But that's still a factor in a lot of these decisions, and especially because ESPN is directly involved in this. That's what that's what matters. What, where are we getting our viewership from? What 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 kind of turns the dial on? And um, I think like for a program like for just school like Virginia, you can lean into that. But again, you got to have a very uh, uh, attractive dancing partner for the sec to really kind of open their eyes to everything. And who would like, that let's be? Let's say a UN, like UNC would probably be a, a prime yes. candidate for a dance yeah. partner. North Carolina, most definitely. And I don't know if Virginia fans are like Karen's, but Virginia tech, um, Virginia tech is a, a school that the sec has been interested in, in the past because of the market. Um, and they have, a, they've had had a relationship there. That if Virginia Tech were to show some type of uh, interest along with another school, I think the SEC would consider that seriously. But I, but again, I think that we're in a, we're kind of in a window right now where a lot of programs are exploring their options. Uh, I, I would be shocked if if your university is in the ACC right now, uh, or even the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve, obviously. 
if you have a board of regents or, or, or meeting of anything like that, a board of directors meeting coming up in the next month, I guarantee you they will take an executive session at some point to, do, to discuss the possibility of joining another conference and leaving the conference they're in right now. That's already happening. I mean, that happened this week at a couple of universities behind mm-hmm. closed doors. And those executive right. sessions are closed to the public. And the reason for it is because they're discussing, uh, you know, uh, private matters they don't want out there without making an actual decision. And that's not necessarily to say that's how these things start, but it's always behind closed doors where things won't get, get leaked out. And, uh, uh, right now that's where we're at. We're in this, this, it's almost like a brainstorming session. For Which all is why these, all these leaks are coming out of, because before it was all very quiet because there was only a select few schools doing this. So it wasn't, it wasn't going to be in public consumption, but yeah. you're seeing these leaks happening. But it's probably because it's just, you hear this person from a third person to this person. Yeah, it's a lot of informal discussions amongst themselves. And a lot of these universities never take action with it and, or for that matter, uh, uh, obviously go public with it. But even privately, when things don't leak, most of these schools will not go uh, after everything. And again, um, we're in a space now, I would think, here over the next month or so, where you're just going to have a lot of schools discussing things like what should we be looking at this what are we looking at what are the legalities of it and then from there a chancellor and then like a very small circle would start formulating a plan of how to present themselves to a conference this doesn't happen overnight for example the usc ucla move that happened quickly but not within a week or two that that happened over a little over a month where they started sparking that conversation informally and then they started discussing things formally with the big 10 and how they would go about doing this and um that did not happen overnight but in the really general in the sense of things it did and that big of a move with that movie moving pieces to do so in less than two months is is substantial so even if a school say virginia were to try and partner up with the north carolina I don't think they would even start to begin like any formal discussions or anything like that behind closed doors for like a, a month or so, because that, that takes time to formulate. All these media days are going to be fun, aren't they? <laughs> I, yeah. I was talking to a buddy of mine, like how, you know, media days can be boring at times, but I enjoy them because we actually get to talk football, but there's not going to be a lot of football talk. Once again, <laughs> it's going to be people, you're going to see administrators being chased down left and right at these things. And the administrators are never the central focus of these media days, but they will be uh, this year. And man, uh, I would, uh, you know, Jim Phillips and co. I, I, I hope you've got a really good, and I know he does. He has a very good media team around him and you hope that they're well prepared because they're going to be just peppered with all kinds of questions and hypotheticals that are going to, just uh it's gonna be crazy and here we were just mourning that we're gonna have no coastal chaos that was our big thing this year (laughs) and then with two days later the big news broke about usc and ucla so a lot can change in 24 48 hours yeah and listen those rumblings about usc and ucla we've been hearing them for you know i'm back in may i'm not toot my own horn but back (laughs) in may i i i i said on a one of our shows, uh, the block, 
on 24-7 Sports HQ that uh, I said, hey, if things could lead to USC looking to try and leave the Pac-12, and I was floating the idea that USC could even look at the SEC, you know, depending on what was going on at the time with the Pac-12. Back in, this was May 26, and uh, I think, I think uh, one West Coast reporter was all like, oh, SEC bias coming through there, 24 7 <laughs> sports. There's rumbling. The USC's administration wasn't very happy with the Pac 12 even then. And uh, listen, uh, we, if you pay attention, there's, it's very clear that uh, certain programs are much more willing to, to listen and, and try to put themselves out there. And, and sure enough, you know, a uh, little over a month later, USC is. Going to the going to the Big Ten. So finally, I know you said this is not going to happen overnight, but in the big picture, do you think we're just going to be going through this two big super conferences at the end of the day? And whatever the ACC does, or the Big Twelve does, or the Pac Ten does, it's just a band aid to that until we get to that point. You know, possibly. I think we're in the era of super conferences now, anyway, because the conferences that really matter in the long run uh, are going to be the big 10 and the sec because they're going to be winning the most national championships as far as football. But that doesn't mean that it's going to dilute what we see every year in college basketball. Uh, I think everybody kind of gets just super hyper-focused on college football and believes that's what's, that's the only thing that matters. It's not, I mean, we're not going to sit there in college basketball season and go, Oh, the SEC and Big Ten, that's the only teams that matter here. I mean, you've watched the basketball tournament. That's by far not the case. Um, but when it comes to football, yeah. I mean, the Pac-12 has been shut out of the playoff for, you know, six years, and that will probably continue this year. The ACC has really only been kept afloat in the playoff race by Clemson, and it took a half step back last year. Um, but, again, I think what – we're in danger of losing here, however, is the identity of college football, which has always been a regional sport with some big national headlines and national games. But we're moving now into where the media, and by media I mean ESPN, the television networks and streaming networks, they're only going to be really concerning themselves with promoting the big national games which are going to happen every week now because of these conferences expanding the Big Ten and the SEC. They're always going to have a marquee game. But those are the ones that are going to be pushed. And then the others, they're just going to unload every other game on their other networks, ESPN Plus and everything, and they're just not going to promote them. It's going to be very similar to uh, bowl season. You know, we you've seen a lot of complaints over the last few years that you watch a bowl game and it's like there's no – no coverage of it by ESPN going into the game. It just like appears on your TV and you're like, Oh, those are the two teams that are playing. And throughout the broadcast, what are they doing? All they're doing is promoting the college football playoff games that are coming up in like three weeks. And they're talking about that. That's what college football is going to look like in the regular season. Now it's going to be, you know, you're going to be watching, um, you know, Kentucky versus, you know, uh, uh, Vanderbilt and, it's going to be on one of their networks, but all they're going to be talking about and trying to promote is that, that week's game between Florida and Texas um, or whatever. And it's just that game you're watching is not going to matter as far as promotion because that's not what's getting all the big eyes. They're trying to build up to their weekly or, or their 
two or three big week games and uh the regional games are just not going to matter and read by regional i mean these games within conferences that are semi big that would usually get a lot of attention this maybe even a virginia north carolina game or a you know let's say virginia goes to if virginia goes to the big 10 virginia maryland game um those are the games that are going to be lost in the shuffle Yes, they're going to be lost in the shuffle and they're not going to be promoted. And what we're going to see is you're going to see a lot more promotion like during the bowl season for the three prime games of that week. And then that's it. And everything else is just not going to matter on the national landscape. And that's that's and that sucks because college football is all about those weird, crazy, unique matchups. That's why. The diehard college football fans, we stay up late to watch Pac-12 After Dark or Mountain West games because those are fun and they're interesting and they're different. But you know, again, and we we see not- them on message boards. We see them. We see them yeah. on message boards fighting each other. You know, um, we see it with Virginia Tech UVA fans. We see UVA fans Maryland. We see them on Twitter. It's it's you're taking away that part of it. Yeah, and we can't. What we're doing is we're consolidating the sport. And we're also consolidating the media market for it. ESPN is pretty much owning everything. Fox is involved, but not heavily involved anymore. You know, CBS is not going to have the CBS on SEC soon. Um, it, it's we're getting into a, an era here where we have more, many more streaming options and everything, but they're owned by a smaller group of companies, and it's the same, usually the same companies that are the giants on television through legacy media so it's um gonna be a crazy time for not just college football i know that's a big talking point, but college sports in general you've got conferences being shuffled around where you know let's say uva they have field hockey obviously the sec doesn't have field hockey what's going to happen to the field hockey program when they go independent with the sec expand to more sports so a lot of different questions from this realignment so brandon thank you so much for joining us and just breaking down what's going on behind the scenes there's a lot of misconceptions uh, what happens with expansions realignment. So thanks for clearing it up. Yeah, no problem. Again, we're in the brainstorm think tank uh, moment here in, in conference realignment. And we'll see if we start getting any ideas actually put on paper here in the next month or two. And thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us. And obviously, a lot of things could change. This is a very fluid situation, just like with the coaching search. If you head over to Wahoo's 24-7, um, on our VIP message boards, we have the latest on what's going on around the Virginia program. As I've been saying, Jim Ryan, Carla Williams, and the Board of Visitors are active in trying to figure out the next few steps for Virginia and what that means for where they're going to be in which conference. So stay with Wahoo's 24-7 as we uh, kind of dive into that closely. And of course, if you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you subscribe to us. And leave us a review and rate us on Apple and Spotify. So for Brandon, I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. 
We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that will elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.